The Lord be with you. It's always good to be back. This is, I will confess to you, it's one of my favorite places to be. So uh, when Scott calls, I'm always eager to say, sure, I'd be happy to. <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. I don't say that everywhere. <laughs> so, you know. um, in the past week, I have been in two very different congregations in Iowa. I've been in a two-day workshop with our new general minister and president of the denomination. And I've been in worship with our students who have been on campus in Lexington. It's been a full and delightful week, but it's also been a tragic and painful week. On Tuesday, a small town just down the road from my husband's hometown of Paducah was visited by the 11th school shooting of 2018. On Friday, Ellis School District in Harrison County was on lockdown for a few hours as a credible threat was assessed and two different students taken into custody. What are we supposed to do in a world like this? What are we supposed to think when on Sunday night I'm laughing and playing with my hilarious little niece Rosie Jo and I'm reading books to her about all of the good things God has made and 36 hours later shots are ringing out in the place my husband calls home. I can tell you that after the emotional whiplash of my last week, I don't feel much like rising up. I feel like building up the walls around my little family and keeping us within them for as long as I possibly can. I feel like a blanket fort in the living room is where the three of us and our pup ought to stay for a while. I feel like I want to duck and cover, not rise up. Because the world is a scary and it's a hard place. We don't know what to do about our problems. Quite often, we don't even know what the actual problem is. For example, we know for a fact that the planet's getting a few degrees warmer every year, but the root of that problem? We disagree on that. Science says it's the result of human activities and our use of too much carbon, but there are others who argue that it's a natural cycle of the planet, like the Ice Age, but in reverse. Or consider school shootings. Some say that the problem is too easy access for fi to firearms for our kids. And others remind us that a child is 100 times more likely to drown in a public swimming pool than to be shot in a school. We could go on like this for days. We could point to each and every challenge that our society faces, and there would be at least two, if not 22, people who would say, well, the root of the problem is clearly, and would give you vastly different answers. Do we raise taxes? Do we cut our spending? Do we privatize our prisons? Do we decriminalize some of the drugs? And on and on and on and on. Not here to try to change your mind on any of these issues today. It's neither my job nor my responsibility. And it also isn't my calling. And it isn't the word of God for today. My first thought when Scott gave me the title of his recent sermon series was Hamilton. 
If you've not heard of it, Hamilton is the new Broadway musical that has taken the nation and the world by storm. It's written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who if you have young children or have grandchildren, Lin-Manuel Miranda also wrote the music for Moana. Um, so that gives you an idea of the kind of music he writes. It's the story of Alexander Hamilton and his rise to power and influence during the time of the Revolutionary War in the United States. It's a rock rap opera, and it is amazing. <laughs> if you like music that gets stuck in your head, I recommend you give it a listen. My family is so tired of me quoting lyrics out of it. <laughs> Hamilton has two lines that are widely known, and this is why it came to mind when Scott told me. The first is rise up, and the second is I'm not throwing away my shot. Perhaps the answer in a world of chaos and turmoil to how can I rise up and answer is to not throw away your shot. Did you know, and I learned this because of Hamilton, did you know that even the very first cabinet meeting of this country was riddled with the exact same arguments we deal with? Did you know that even as we founded this country, we were on opposite sides of the table about these issues? When we think about slavery, we think of the Civil War. Slaves, however, had been a part of our way of life long before we ever even declared independence in 1776. And that argument, which is an economic argument, I'd like to remind you, was at the very root of our founding. In that first meeting, the question was raised about who would manage the state's debts from the Revolutionary War. Would this brand new national government take them on and assume them, or would the individual states be responsible for them? Much of the war was fought in what would eventually become Union states. And remind you, we're talking about the Revolutionary War, not the Civil War. So of course they had more damages, more expenses, more things to repair and needs to cover. The South was wealthier because they had slaves who did their work for them. Southern states like Virginia thought that the individual states should be responsible for their own debts. Northern states like New York wanted to absorb all of that cost into one national debt that we would share. It wasn't pretty even before our nation's first birthday. And it isn't pretty now. But this isn't a sermon about politics. It isn't even a sermon about the country specifically. It's a sermon about how we answer the call to rise up. How do we lead a good Christian life? What does it take to be good big D disciples, like our denomination, and good little d disciples of Jesus Christ. It's really very simple, and I want to show you something. Just wouldn't listen to God. And God was ready. 
to bring destruction. And the people get nervous. And they say, well, but God, but God, we do all of these things for you. What could we do? What could we do? Is it not enough, God? Is it not enough that I read my Bible regularly? Is it not enough, God, that I teach children Sunday school and children's worship? Is it not enough that I provide a casserole for every funeral meal and church function? Is it not enough that I visit the shut-ins and I send notes to the sick? It's really very simple to be a little D disciple. God only wants three things from us. Justice, kindness, and relationship. But no one said it was easy. Do you remember when the WWJD movement was popular? It was about the mid-1990s or so. We all had these bracelets and t-shirts and bookmarks and just about anything that you could stick a label on that had the letters WWJD on them. Do you remember what it stood for? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? The idea was that by having all this stuff with the WWJD on it, we would constantly be reminded in all of our actions that we would think about what Jesus would do if he were in this moment. But I never really liked that phrase because I wanted it to be 
W-D-J-D. What did Jesus do? My friends, the reality of this situation is that there's nothing new under the sun. These political and social problems that we face in our generation, they're the same old issues with new names, new faces, new titles. They were issues for Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson. They were issues for Jesus. The prison complex issue is just another way to keep certain people out of power. The taxation arguments we wrestle with are just another way for the rich to get richer and the poor to stay poor. And by the way, in Washington's mind, we're the poor, not the middle class. The healthcare debate is just a question of what it means to be human and to have access. The dreamers, the wall, the posturing, the government shutdowns, climate regulations, all of it, it's more and more and more ways for people to push around their power and their influence and their money. And Jesus, Jesus was in the middle of all of that. Please hear me say this if you hear nothing else today. I do not believe that any of this is about politics. These hurts in our world, this woundedness that so many of us and others feel, that has absolutely zero to do with a political party, a candidate, who you voted for, or even who's on the ballot. Because these are not political issues. These are God's people, and these are heart issues. This nation is heartbroken. What drives a person to advocate for any given way that the government spends our money. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's compassion. Sometimes it's greed. Those are heart issues. And this is why Micah 6-8 matters so much. Because all of that stuff, that stuff we call politics, it's just a way to put a mask on our pain. We call it fiscal responsibility, but it's greed. We call it the penal system, but it's fear of another. We call it religious liberty, but it's usually discrimination. What does God require of you? To do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God, and yes, these things, these things that we do can be acts of justice and acts of kindness and ways to love our God, but it's about the heart. Do we do this because we want the world to be a better place, or do we do it because of how it makes us feel? Before you begin to speak, ask yourself what Jesus did say about whatever it is that you're about to discuss. Before you vote, ask yourself, what would Jesus want? Before you act, ask yourself what the gospels say about this person in front of you. Before your judge, 
Ask yourself who Jesus judged. Because Jesus judged the religious leaders. Jesus did not judge the poor, the sinners, the weak, the homeless, the jobless, the imprisoned, or the foreigner. Jesus drew them in closer and closer to himself. Jesus welcomed people. What Jesus did is to take the scriptures of the Old Testament and throw them open wide. Jesus says, sure, offerings, fantastic, but I don't care about your calf. I care about your heart. Jesus says, sure, leave a little bit for the foreigner who lives among you, but what if you make them your brother or your sister? Jesus takes these Old Testament mantras and teachings and he says, let me show you how wide these are. Justice? Justice is not about making sure everyone gets the same size slice of a pie. Justice is about making sure that everyone has a seat at a round banquet table. There's no top of the table. There's no head of the table in the kingdom of God. The table is round. Kindness? Kindness isn't about smiling at a stranger you pass on the sidewalk. Kindness is sharing what you have with someone who needs it. Think about what we teach our children about being kind. It was so kind of you to give half of your cookie to your friend. It was so kind of you to allow her a turn on the slide. This is what we teach our children about kindness, is it not? And walking humbly with your God? That's certainly not about deciding who is in and who is out. It's not about being proud of our accomplishments and expecting others to be able to accomplish the same thing. Walking humbly with God is about letting God sort out the details. Y'all, we only get one shot at this life. We only get this one chance to make this world a better place. What does God want from us? Justice, kindness, relationship. I'm just going to ask you to take home this one question today. How will we, not our elected officials, not our police officers, not the FBI, not Homeland Security, not our neighbors, not our church, how are you and you and you and I going to answer the call to rise up? How are we going to find ways to be part of the solutions? Because if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Inactivity and silence and a well-meaning Facebook post about prayers only means that it all just stays the same. I'm not here to tell you how to respond. I'm not here to encourage you to support a particular organization or to give your money over here or to join up with any particular cause. I'm not asking you to change your vote. 
I'm here to remind you that we have exactly one shot at living this life. We have one chance to help people have better lives. We have one opportunity to wrap this hurting world in a big hug. We just have one lifetime to leave this world a better place than it was when we got here. We have one shot to make a difference. Will you throw yours away? Or will you answer the call? Amen.